do do Here we go. My name's Todd. And this is Kathy. Welcome back to another episode of Zen Parenting Radio. This is podcast number 476. Why listen to Zen Parenting Radio? Because you'll feel outstanding. And who doesn't want to feel outstanding? And always remember our motto, which is that the best predictor of a child's well-being is a parent's self-understanding. On today's show, we are going to talk about healthy masculinity. Specifically, uh, we're going to discuss that Gillette ad that came that went viral last week, and then the uh, APA guidelines, the American Psychological Association guidelines that came out two weeks ago regarding um, men and boys. All right, um, but first, um, uh, I googled four seventy six. We didn't. The year four seventy six was a very important year. You want to know why? Four seventy six. Yeah. Okay. Because it's traditionally considered the end of the Western Roman Empire. Okay. That's crazy. Okay. <laughs> I just, I don't, I don't understand. Sweetie, on, connect the on, dots. Well, the dots are, this is podcast 476. Oh, oh, you didn't say that. You just dive, you just dove right into oh, okay. 476. I so, meant to say that podcast number 476 is significant because. Got it. In the year 476. Odacer was proclaimed king of king. You think it was really Odacer? <laughs> Odoacer was proclaimed king by his troops, and five days later, Orestes was captured and executed in Placentia, Italy. Sounds like a great time. So the demise of the Western Empire was uh, was 476, and that's the podcast we're doing. Mm. Isn't that interesting? Kind of. You know, I was just listening to a podcast the other day. I think it was a Goop podcast. It was this guy who wrote a book about why we should be more optimistic now than ever. Mm -hmm. And that's like a perfect example of we come from such a violent past. Yeah. And everything was about killing and overthrowing. And, and I... I know that that still happens in his point sure. in, in the book is that, yes, this still exists, but to, it's not to the degree no. that we believe. If you look at the numbers, there's a lot less killing going on today than was going on during World War II, uh, during the Crusades, during the Roman Empire, during almost every other part of human history. Exactly. And even our statistics, like I've been listening to, a, uh, I don't know if any of you listen to In the Dark podcast. It's actually, they have two seasons. I listened to season two first, but now I've gone back and listened to season one and it's about a child abduction case. And they're giving all these statistics about how it just never happens. Meaning this kid was abducted yeah. by a stranger, but the likelihood of that happening... This, 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 Statistical likelihood. And when this happened in the 80s, like when we were a kid, when we were kids, mm -hmm. it all of a sudden, as we've discussed on the show many times, just blew up and we started creating all these laws around it and we created the sexual uh, predator registry. Yep. We did all these things based on something that was so on, I mean, uncommon isn't even the right word, 0.001%. Right. So it's just interesting the way that we view and experience the world, as we know, is really just based off of headlines. Yeah. How are we consuming information? Yeah. Um, but first, I do, uh, this is a quick take. Um, I had lunch with my friend, Dr. John Duffy, last week. Yep. And we discussed a podcast that he did. He does a podcast with his wife, as many of you know, called Better. And he did a podcast, and the title of it was A Must Listen Guide to Vaping, Juuling and a disturbing, I can't see what the rest is, but it's about teenage vaping and juuling. And yep. I just want to play a quick 60 seconds or so of it because I thought it was really interesting. So here's Dr. John Duffy with his wife, Julie, good friends. <laughs> so this girl I was working with a couple of years ago, she said, people do it in class. And I'm like, no way, no way. Cause I can smell that stuff. I can, <laughs> I can smell like the candy, the, the sickening sweet smell of it. And she goes, I'm going to make you a video. I'm like, 
Okay. Oh, so, she made it for you. So in, in a class, she literally holds up her phone while the teacher's got his back to the class and does a one, two, three, everyone, 10 kids let out a cloud in this class and then draw it back in. And she turns her phone around and shows the teacher turning around. Teacher has no idea. doesn't, and you can see the teacher has no idea. It's unbelievable. So another, another episode um, where I lost my cool, I was at, um, I'm going to, uh, let anybody who wants to listen to that whole podcast, uh, I, I'll put the, it in the show notes because he tells kind of a cool, but it's a longer story about how he gets triggered. Yeah. Um, basically he walks into a bathroom at, cause he's at a meeting and he, in a school, he's doing school. some advocacy. Yeah. And, uh, he just, you know, he walks because the teacher's bathroom was locked. So he went into the kid's bathroom and there's a bunch of kids that scrambled into three s- stalls and they were vaping. And he, who is a really calm, cool, collected guy. And I said this to John on Friday when I was with him, like, dude, you really got triggered. And he's like, he just cannot stand vaping. You know, I think part of the, first of all, I wanted to say, um, <clears throat> cause we've discussed this podcast at length, you and I, and then we also talked to our, our girls about it, but even prior to talking to our girls about it, my daughter and her friends have told me the exact same thing. Mm. Like, and you know, teenagers, we know this is, this is exactly what they're doing. Sure. And when I say not all of them, like when we, when we talk about things in generalities, it doesn't mean that, is that a word? Generalities? Yeah, I Gen- think so. Generalities? Yeah, of course. Um, it doesn't mean that every kid is doing it. No. So you don't have to go home and be like, all oh, the kids are doing it. But there are kids vaping in class all the time. Yep. It's been, I've been hearing about this from teenagers for a long time. I think part of the reason that John gets triggered is similar to why it's frustrating for us is this belief system that vaping isn't bad for you. And that what we really know is that it's horrible for you, not just because of the liquid that's in the, that's held in the jewel. Um, John does a really good job in the podcast of giving the actual language for what it's all called. Yeah. So you can talk to your kids with some fluency, you know, with correct word choices. One pod equals a pack of cigarettes. Yes. And that's the thing is one pod is a, is 20 cigarettes. Yeah. So when and and when we say 20 cigarettes what does that mean? Nicotine. The amount of nicotine in that pod. So part of the reason that kids are doing this is part of it is, you know, fitting in, belonging, being cool, all the things that teenagers typically adhere to, but there's also the piece of that this is a real like physiological response of like I'm going to get a dopamine hit if I take a hit from my jewel. Yeah. You know, like I will get that feeling. We all know, those of us who have smoked before, and I have, um, that you have, there is a psychological, like I want to do this. And yeah. part of that is nicotine. And part of that is just, you know, all there's there's many pieces to smoking. But we, I think the the lie that we've told adults and children is that this isn't harmful. Yeah. Well, and he says, like, think about the amount of, effort it takes to go to smoke a pack of cigarettes. Right. You got to get cigarette. You got to buy it. You got to buy a pack. You got to get them out. You got to, you know, it, you got to pack it. You got to pack gotta it. I don't lighter. know. I don't know how long it takes to smoke a cigarette. Five minutes. I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, five minutes times how many are in a pack? 20? 20. Like that's a long time. Yeah. And I'm guessing. That can last someone months. Yeah. <laughs> it really can. I'm guessing that if you wanted to smoke a pod in your jewel or uh-huh. in your vape, you could do it in a lot less time. 
and it's much more convenient. It's too easy. It's mm-hmm. too easy. So anyways, it's just a tease. We can talk, we can do a whole podcast on this. We're not going to. We're going to let John and Julie do that for us. So go ahead and move over to... Uh, you know what? One of the things I, was, I thought about John and Julie the other day, because I heard, I was listening to, I can't even remember what podcast it was, but they were talking about one of Barack Obama's favorite quotes mm-hmm. that he would always say. It must have been Pod Save America. Yeah. Uh, one thing he would always say to his staff is better is good. Mm-hmm. So he would say that when things were changing, but not changing as fast as they wanted them, yeah. things to in the country, he would say, don't worry, better is good. And I thought, I was wondering if maybe that, um, you know, because John used to have a different podcast name and he and Julie- Undo anxiety. Yeah. And then they changed it to better. And I just think that's a great tagline. Better well, is good. And my uh, translation to better is another one of my teachers says, sometimes good enough is good enough. Yeah. Same thing. So anyways, mm-hmm. all right. So let us move over to uh, this Gillette ad. Can we start there? Or do you want to start with APA? You know what? Let's start with the APA just so we okay. have a foundation. Um, I won't spend a ton of time on it, but um, just to kind of give everybody an understanding of something that's shifting a little bit in the world of therapy or of psychologists or of clinicians overall, is that there is there are often standards that are put out um, regarding certain groups only so we can have a better understanding of how to support a group of people. Mm-hmm. There is what I what's most important about this is psych, you know all of us clinicians we understand that every per, or we should understand if you are if you are a good professional that every person is unique and that it's not that the standards get applied to in everybody. this yeah it's to have an understanding of a group and also to have an understanding how we can better access mm-hmm. and better support a certain group and the thing that's important about the you know guidelines is that the guidelines for women came out in 2007 so they've been out almost a decade guidelines for um, you know the LGBTQ community has been out for a long time uh, the um, different ethnicities cultures and they're not meant to oppress or harm they're meant to do the exact raise opposite. awareness raise awareness for clinicians yeah. and for anybody working with this group to make sure that how we're serving this group is positive yeah. and in influential and helpful. So why this is important to understand is because when these these APA guidelines came out, as you know, of course, I just when I was upstairs, I went through the articles again in the Wall Street Journal and in Washington Post and you know all these blogs about people people, I'll just say men specifically, were pissed off about it. Yeah. Like don't tell me you know, how to be, don't, don't look at me as a grouping, you know, don't tell me that there's something wrong with my masculinity. And that's not the intention. Like there, the, the boat is being missed in that. Let me just give some information. Okay. Okay. So the truth is part of the reason that men haven't been as focused on as a grouping is because of the dominance it, meaning that there there was an there was a belief system that they're actually doing okay, sure. so we don't need to focus on you know everyone. So like in 2018, 95 percent of of CEOs at Fortune 500 companies are men. Okay. Okay. Uh, 16 of the top companies, 80 percent of all high ranking executives are male. Okay. Meanwhile, our Congress that we have, well, actually 2017, because it's changed, 81% are male. So you look at that and you're like, okay, men are in leadership positions. They're doing quite well. But then you compare that to men commit 90% of homicides in the United States and they are they represent 77% of homicide victims so this is this is double double here not only are 90% of men committing 
the, the homicide, actually, you know, murdering yeah. people, but 77% of them are being murdered. Yeah. So this goes back and forth, right? Does it have any stats on prison? Because prison is ridiculous yeah. too. Prison, I think, I just, when I did the talk for um, navigating adolescence last weekend, the statistic I found was 93% right. percent of, and, and that's not it. I've got just a few things. Okay. Um, these men are the demographic most at risk of being victimized by violent crime. There are 3.5 times more likely than women to die by suicide. Mm -hmm. And their life expectancy is 4.9 years shorter than women's. Bar, uh, boys are far more likely to be diagnosed with ADHD than girls. They face harsher punishments at school, especially boys of color. So these APA guidelines, the whole goal is to recognize these issues, to notice them, but then also be sensitive to the leadership abilities and the strengths right. in this in this demographic. Right. It's not about now this is all you are. Mm. It's about how can we deny 90% of homicides are done by men. Yeah. How can we pretend that's not happening? Well, and it's the inherent paradox of it is the men are in the position of power statistically, mm -hmm. as you just read, mm -hmm. while at the same time, we're also the ones that are in prison and killing and being, and being killed, killed. Uh, and and dying by our own hands. So for, for um, people to say, well, why are you focusing on us as a man? This is why. This is because why. Because we're in prison too much and we're killing too many people and we're being killed uh, and we're committing too much suicide. That is why. Like statistic, you can't argue with those. That's what I was just going to say is this is research. So these API guidelines focused on 40 years of research. Yeah. So it's not like they woke up one day and said, mm, there's a Me Too movement. Yeah. I think I'll create API guidelines. Yeah. This is 40 years of research. And, that, and what they have found, traditional masculinity can be psychologically harmful socializing boys to suppress their emotion, causing damage that echoes both inwardly and outward, outwardly. Yeah. Now, that's the way they wrote it, but we all know what that means. When it's the man box. It's the man box. When boys are... Traditional masculinity means a lot of different things, and Todd and I had a conversation in the car the other day about people's definition of what traditional masculinity means is what messes us up, yes. us up in this area, yes. right? Because traditional masculinity doesn't mean, oh, you can't... And again, I'm using these as like um, generic, you know, generic ways of describing, but like doesn't mean you can't grill anymore. doesn't mean you can't hunt anymore. doesn't mean you can't or enjoy sports, which tend to be traditional. doesn't mean that those things are bad. It's talking about the suppressing and the denying of an emotional experience, a disregarding of self to pretend that you're unaffected. Yeah. That harms you in every area of your life. Yeah. So you get to, here's the here's what I want to say to women and men. Hold on to all the good. Hold on to it. You don't have to disregard it. You don't have to be like, oh, now I can't. Because like the Gillette ad, which we're going to get to in a second, it focuses on a lot of um, a visual representation of men grilling and mm -hmm. doing things like that. Keep doing those things. It makes not hurt anybody. Good. No, it's now let's look at we can't we are big enough. Like this is not to shrink you. This is to expand you. Yeah. You are big enough to hold on to all the things that make you feel good about yourself and also recognize how you are being harmed by yourself and other men. Yeah. Men are harming other men. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, yes, women can play into that too, but look at the statistic I just read. Well, and men are harming other men. Men are harming women. women. Correct. You know, talk about domestic violence, which this ad yes. doesn't even... 
go into, and we're not going to get into the ad yet. So um, is there other things about APA that you want to get into? Um, I think the the last uh, couple things I'll say that something that I, I always say to my college classes, I always tell them that I, you know, if I were to really put myself somewhere on the spectrum of my work, it's women's advocacy, mm-hmm. right? But part of being a women's advocate or part of being someone who focuses on feminism is you have to understand the masculine, not only internally in ourselves, but you have to have an understanding of research on the masculine because the women don't live in a bubble by themselves. We are affected we, we are affected by men. And so men's behavior affects us and vice versa. And so part of having these APA guidelines is many researchers who study femininity also work on masculinity, mm-hmm. which is, I kind of put myself into that category, not as a researcher, but as someone who benefits greatly from your work and our work together, because I help women much better because I have an understanding of masculinity and what it entails. So, um, so several contributors to the guidelines for girls contributed to the guidelines for boys and men, because again, they're not isolated. Um, and so this last sentence, this is from one of the professors that worked on this. He said, "Through uh, he said, though men benefit from patriarchy, they are also impinged of course. by the patriarchy. Yeah. So this is this is the the you know teeter totter that we live in is when people get really offended by these guidelines. Can you see the benefit that we can pull? Well, and I feel like we should talk about um, and maybe because some people might be listening. It's like, okay, yeah, what's the problem? There, there's been a backlash. Oh, for sure. Of this, and and if I can encapsulate what the backlash is, is it's men and women, mostly men, who are saying, don't tell us what to do. Correct. Don't tell us who we are. Don't pigeonhole us into a certain thing. Although you just said at the beginning, like the APA has been doing this for all other types of Correct. people. So why are we so different that we can't have this? So I think that will lend its way into the Gillette discussion. Well, well. And, and the last thing that I, I will say about this is it regards to what you just said is it very much reminds me of this is water, you mm-hmm. know, David Foster Wallace's speech about this is water because you know, the whole, be, the his whole premise of the speech, which was really about thinking for yourself and thinking outside of just your direct experience and being more conscious of choices. He also demonstrated how sometimes we don't even realize what we're living in. Mm -hmm. And sometimes for men, they don't even know they're living in water because it's been their norm. Everything has grown from the masculine. It really hasn't historically when you go back, but as far back as we can remember and as far as the way that our religious texts are written and, you know, obviously our industrialization, it's been men, men, men. So when you come from that, you think, you're like, what? This is just the way it is. This, this is, is where the you should, norm. This is where you should share your quote. Oh, my, my favorite quote? Yeah. When you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. So say that again slowly, because okay. it's an important one. We did a whole show about this did a we? couple years ago. Yeah. When you're accustomed to privilege, equality feels like oppression. And women can understand that too, in regards to making sure that women of color are recognized, you know, uh, Native Americans, you know, like we, you know, we have to, we can all recognize our place of privilege. And then when someone's saying, yeah, but are you listening to me? Are you noticing me? There's a sense of how dare you? Well, and it's funny. Um, and I guess I'll close this if, if you're okay with it, with this quick, um, thing I stumbled across on YouTube. I don't know where I found it, but it was Adam Carolla, who's the Dr. Drew, Adam Carolla guy. And he was being interviewed by somebody and it was about how white male privilege. And it's something I, I think that culturally speaking, that there is some things such as white male privilege. Of course. And, and Adam Crowell went on to talk about his life story 
for 15 minutes about how it wasn't like he, you know, his dad made him work and he didn't get a job because it went to a man of color because he, he wanted to be a fireman, but it went to like all these different examples of how he didn't get this white male privilege. My first thing is maybe that is every single one of those things is true for you. What I'm trying to do is invite the men not to think individually, because I, I think that I am some a person of privilege. I'm not going to tell Adam Carolla that he is or he isn't. What I'm asking anybody else to say, can you look at the big picture? There, Of course, there's outliers of examples where something doesn't fit into the white male privilege box. But can we look at the whole and look and see that that absolutely is something that exists? Well, here's the the information that I've been given um, regarding that. I've been, you know, lucky enough, I hope many of us have to be following people of color talking about this issue, yeah. you know, reading what they have to say. And the and he all those things that he said are true, but one issue he never had to deal with or confront mm -hmm. was his race. Mm -hmm. That by definition is a privilege. Right. Do you see what I mean? Right. So when when men and women start to say, but I had to do this and I had to do that. And I, my socioeconomic upbringing wasn't, wasn't great or, or I was abused. All these things that are real true. Yeah. But one thing you didn't have to confront was race because you were the norm. So by definition, that's privilege. Do you see what I mean? I would, but what they would say, like the Adam Carollas of the world is I didn't get the job because it was you know, they have to meet certain quotas of a certain Are you talking of, about affirmative action? Yes, yes, exactly. So, but but to your point, you drive down the street, you're less likely to get pulled over because you're a white man. And when you do get pulled over, most of the time, they may give you a ticket, yeah. but your life isn't at risk. Yeah. Your race is not an issue you have to deal with. So you, talking about privilege does not mean everything that happens exactly. in your life is great. Right. You have the same issues every human has. Yeah. You have you have challenges and emotional issues and failures and 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 oppression in 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 other ways possibly because of your where you grew up or your family name. But race is not something you've had to confront and in our country race is a huge thing. Huge. And so I think that this is where we get into the messiness of yeah. it, where it's again about the definition of the word. Everything Adam Carolla said is true. Yeah. And we can have um, compassion for that experience. Exactly. And simultaneously say, now let's look at somebody. And again, the thing about affirmative action, I just have one thing to say sure. about this. Okay. So I was listening to um, Sarah Silverman on Dak Shepard's podcast, and she they were kind of talking about this. And I heard her explain something in a way that maybe I won't be able to do complete as well as she did. But she was talking to one of her friends who's a man, who's a white man. And he was saying how he was like feeling like there weren't jobs available. Or as a comedian, he was, you know, he, he, he was like, things aren't going the way that they should. Or like, I should be having more experiences or things that doesn't feel like there's room for me. Yeah. And she said to him, now you know what everybody else feels yes. like as a woman, as a woman of color, as a man of color, that you have to be excellent. You have to be so good yeah. to find your place. And a lot of times, and again, I know I could get backlash for saying this, but a lot of times white men, it's like there's an entitlement of I should have this space because we're not used to having to deal 
with any obstacles. Right. And so excellence is something that a lot of people have either had to find in their own way or or figure out how to assimilate or figure out how to change themselves so they could get a position mm-hmm. or to work really hard to make sure like you know, this is very different because it was a different time. But Todd and I just went to see the um, On the Basis of Sex, mm. the RBG movie with Felicity Jones and Army Hammer. It wasn't awesome. It was good. Mm-hmm. It was it, it wasn't we wanted it to be so good. Yeah. But the gist of it, you know, the way that Ruth Bader Ginsburg grew up is like she got into Harvard, one of like three women. And the first thing the dean said to her was, why did you come here and why did you take a man's spot in this class. You better have a good reason for taking a man's spot. That is our history. Is that happening specifically right now? No, but we have trails of that. That's still in the ethers of you're taking a man's spot. So when a man who has a lot of privilege is like they, you know, quotas or there is a reason, you know, like there is a, there is a reason why we have to, to become more accommodating to all, not accommodating, that's not the right word. How do I end this sentence, Todd? There is a reason why we have to be more thoughtful. Yeah, yeah. Don't be so reactionary. And can we have a representation of what our country really is in leadership, in jobs? Because statistically speaking, it's not. At all. Right. I mean, we're doing a little better in our Congress, but we're still not even... Long ways to go. Right. Okay. So go ahead. Um, I want to talk about uh, one of our partners this week is BaselineTesting.com. This is what they do. They uh, they have you take an online test and it measures brain function when you're in a healthy state. So if, God forbid, you get a concussion, doctors have your baseline as a comparison after the injury. I took the test last week. I thought I did really well. But now... If, God forbid, something were to happen to me, uh, the doctors know where they need to go. I thought you missed a few. I did miss a lot. Todd would, was like, he was like pounding the desk. Parts of the test were really, <laughs> parts of the test were really hard. I'll make your head spin, but it was, it was good. So anyways, uh, here's the deal. If you want to take the test for you or your kids, especially if they're in athletics, go to BaselineTesting.com. There's a coupon code that we have called Zen25. It brings it down from 20 bucks down to 15 bucks. For 15 bucks, you can kind of be safe and you don't take a chance with the health of your kid or yourself if you get a traumatic brain injury. Um, but when you do it, go to Baseline testing.com and you got to click on add to order first and then put in the coupon code. Otherwise it won't work. So thanks to baseline testing, uh, for, um, partnering with Zen parenting radio. So on to the Gillette ad. Um, so let me first, most people have seen it, but I'm guessing some people haven't. Um, it's a two minute short film. It's not, I I haven't seen it on a commercial or anything. Have you, it's just been on YouTube. Like you haven't seen it like watching the Super Bowl or anything. It's a two-minute short film, right? No, I think it's a commercial. I thought we saw it on TV. Maybe not yet. I don't think Maybe so. they're planning to play it at the Super Bowl. Whatever. So, anyways, um, this is what it it outlines. It, it tells a two-minute story of how sometimes men or boys can be bullies, or men or boys can sexually harass others. And they even have in the background, uh, it says toxic masculinity, that word. And I do want to talk about language here in a second. And then it says at the end, is this the best a man can get? Mm-hmm. And I think they they used to have a different tagline and they changed it, but it doesn't really matter. Well, Gillette's tagline is the best a man can get, mm-hmm. meaning that's what their tagline has always mm-hmm. been. And then now they're saying, is this, is this the, best the best a man, man? So, um, So there was a huge backlash. I think it's been viewed whatever, 20 million times, but the majority of the people that give it a thumbs up or a thumbs down on uh, YouTube is 
it's like a four to one ratio. If somebody gives it um, a f- any feedback, three out of four times they're saying that this is a bad commercial. And so since then it's been all over the news and people are having podcasts about it like we are right now. Um, so a few of the things that I've heard from men uh, that I've talked to that get offended by this commercial. One is, let's start with the easier one that I think is easier to explain. Some people are like, Gillette, don't tell us who to be or how to be, just sell razors. And you're in this for the profit. You're in this simply to make money. So my first thing is, Gillette is a corporation, or I think they're part of Procter & Gamble. Mm -hmm. But yes, of course they want to sell razors. That is, they have an obligation to their shareholders to be the best business they could be. And I would say that it is one of their main focuses to have a semi-controversial two minute, I can't believe it's controversial, but it is. And people are talking about it. Attention Attention grabber. So yes. And if for all of us who work for for for-profit companies, yes, this is what they're supposed to do. So I I find it curious that people get offended uh, because they are trying to make money. Now, I do think a byproduct of this advertisement is that they are trying to raise social awareness. So um, I guess I just invite the, the, the people who are challenged that they shouldn't try to convey a message they're doing it to make money and a byproduct is to raise social awareness. Well, and here's the thing. Why? And again, I might, this might sound really like pie in the sky. People may say, Kathy, you don't understand how the world works, but remember these are created by people. Yeah. Could the people possibly care? Isn't that a possibility? I mean, we always look through the lens of money. And while I understand to your point, Todd, shareholders and such, they have, they can, do an ad that has Star Wars in it. Mm-hmm. They can do an ad that has sexual, mm-hmm. you know, content it, content in it. Meaning they can grab eyeballs in many different ways. Could it be possible that there are people who care mm-hmm. and who want to say, "Let's raise our awareness yeah. around this issue"? Absolutely. And I only say that because a lot of times we're just so quick to point, like you're using this topic. It, and it, I don't know the people. But I know, sweetie, it was directed by a woman, and this is just, <laughs> you know, you know, it's a, you know, it's funny that people are doing research to find out who directed it. I, I don't care who directed it. Who cares who directed it? Why does it matter? Well, if it's then, a man or a woman. Then what we're saying is that women have an agenda, but men don't. <laughs> that that's what we're saying. Like if a woman directed it, that means there's an agenda. Yeah. Can a woman direct something yeah. and there be like, you know, or. or I could go both ways. When men are doing something, do they, are they agenda free? Yeah. Like, isn't there, can't an agenda be to better our society? Yeah. I, do you think I'm crazy for thinking that? Do no, you? I think it's both. I think that Gillette is, because Gillette is part of Procter and, Procter and Gamble. And I think Dove, yeah. they own, and they do this. This is kind of their thing is they, you know, they did the throw like a girl yeah. or don't be. So like, yeah. And I kudos to, this corporation to do this because it's a lot better than some silly Geico ad that just makes you laugh. Like they're trying to play their part. I love that little green guy. I know you do. So I'm going to say a few different things and then I want to hear your response. Okay. One is to the people who are offended at this ad, this is not an indictment against manhood or masculinity. It's an invitation to look in the mirror to see how we can be the best version of ourselves. 
Um, this is ad is about holding men accountable. Uh, this ad doesn't even touch the epidemic of violence against women, which I think was, I think they decided not to put that in because it would have been even a greater, <clears throat> excuse me, even a bigger backlash. And and one of the main things I want to say is, it's to, to talk about the big stuff like the overt bullying or the the overt objectification of women, or what, even if you want to throw, you know, sexual violence against women, it is a minority of men that are doing these overt acts. But I would say that it is the majority of men that stand by and don't do anything about it. And I consider myself in that group. There are times when I'm at the bar and somebody says a sexist or a racist joke, and I do have the strength to, or the confidence to kind of call the person out. And then there's other times you're like, you know what, this guy's not worth it. I'm not going to say anything. I am part of that problem. And I would say that the majority of men are also bystanders. And what we need to do, as Terry Crews says in the commercial, is to hold other men accountable. So this is not about all men. This is about a small group of men that are doing really bad things and a larger group of men that are sitting on the sidelines, not holding others accountable. Well, and here's here's the thing, two things. Number one, the belief that, you know, that other, that women aren't trying to do the same thing, like help each other, yeah. support each other, speak up for each other. Like this isn't an isolated thing where we're like, just men need to do work and nobody else does. Right. We all need to do work. But again, to the this is water thing where we've been living in a patriarchy so long, we've never pointed out what we've, again, going back in history a little bit, and on this show and in the world, when women were raped, we would support women. When women were being domestically abused, we'd be like, women, this is how you, you're you not abused anymore. Um, when, you know, we'd be catcalled on the street, we'd say to women, you need to dress differently so you're not catcalled on the street. Now we're saying, who's doing the raping, yep. the catcalling, and let's talk with them as well. Mm -hmm. Let's keep talking with women about ways they can be thoughtful and protect themselves and, and look out for each other. But let's also talk to the men about their behavior. It is... The and why I keep saying that this is water thing is I think men have been like this is boys will be boys this is men we don't need to change everybody else needs to change and within the ad there is a boys will be boys yeah. commentary oh for sure well and it's funny you sent this text to me uh, there's that man Wajat Ali said we never behave this way um, boys will be boys is a nonsense excuse that justifies ugliness and insults boys everywhere who do better every day. Such a great quote. Yeah. I, I sent that to Todd because I felt like it's it encapsulated everything we're trying to say in one sentence, which is there are men and boys everywhere who are supporting, helping, standing up, being beautiful in themselves and with their families and with their kids. And they're going out in the world and they're trying to, you know, do something good with their company and trying to help the environment. Men like that are everywhere. And then there are men and boys who are fighting and violent and being inappropriate with women. And, and so the whole idea that boys will be boys, that that is the common denominator, that all men are like that is not true. No. And it's, yeah, exactly. So I wonder if this ad was called instead of the best a man can bet, uh, best a man can get if, and I thought about this when I was, I was listening to a podcast about this stuff and I was snow blowing on Saturday because we got a bunch of snow. If the ad was called be a good human being instead of be the best a man can be with that. I feel like, yeah, that'd and, be interesting. And I, I feel, I just feel like it's, it's the lay, the interpretation of the language. Like what is, what is 
traditional masculinity. You have your definition of what that means. I have my definition. This guy has his definition. That one, everybody has a different, uh, and, and there's room, because pe- some people like traditional masculinity is when uh, a man fights for anybody who is not who's being oppressed. That's traditional masculinity, whereas somebody else would be like traditional mas- masculinity is the man box. So like, so the language that I, I think I might start using when I'm talking about this subject is healthy and unhealthy masculinity mm-hmm. or mature and immature masculinity because, and, and, and I don't know whether or not I want to be so protective over the people who get offended because I have used the term toxic masculinity in presentations and I lose some of the guys and automatically. I, and I think instead of thinking about it being protective, because I think about it as let's use language everyone can hear. Yeah. And if right now the language that people can hear is this new language you're coming up with, then let's go with it. Yeah. Because again, um, it's funny because I was just reading an article that Gemma Hartley, who wrote Fed Up, w- wrote, or actually she posted it, and I was kind of reading what she said about it. And the same thing is happening with emotional labor, yeah. you know, where people are getting so caught up in the words and what it means and what it meant historically and what it means in the future that we're missing the boat of what we're talking about. Yeah. We're getting lost in the surface language, yeah. and we're missing what we're trying to discuss. And the thing about, I, I actually like the idea of let's talk about healthy humanity, mm-hmm. because maybe then... Yeah. Men can say, but what about women? Yes, them too. And there's guidelines for women also. Do you well, see what I mean? Well, and my buddy Sean is always like, because, like, you know, I do a men's group and all that. He's like, why are we focusing on men? Look, we're all human beings. We're human beings first. That's where, you know, when we were, when, when we were in our mama's tummy, before we had sexual organs, we, we, we were spirits and, and we did not have an identification of sexuality yet. And that's how we start. So why do we have to focus on men and women? I happen to like focusing on men. I like to be in a circle of men and we talk about, you know, how we can be the best version of ourselves. But, you know, Sean says the same thing you're saying is well, why can't we just talk about you? But I don't think Sean and I are saying the exact same thing okay. because I, I, even though I totally understand what he's saying and Sean is a really good man, mm-hmm. you know, he like sees that big picture and he understands like himself and other people. And so he can say that with authenticity, but to bypass the gender sure. issue is not healthy either right. because our society demonstrates something very different than maybe some of us do internally. Meaning that it it would be like, there's a lot of that talk with women, like, you know, the issues that the Women's March is facing. You know, where women are saying, hey, we're we're all women, we're all the same. Women of color have a different experience than women uh, who are Caucasian. Like, we can't sit there and say, oh, but let's all be spirits. That's exactly some of the heat that I've gotten at Mankind Project. Because there's times when a guy will say to an, a white guy will say to an African American man, I don't see. I don't see you as an African American man, and the, and the African American man is like, then you're not seeing me. That's a problem because I yes. am an African American man, and I have that is part of my identity. Correct. So that's kind of the paradox of this. It is, and you can. This is. I keep saying this, but it's not about shrinking to that. It's expanding to that. Yeah. Like the whole idea of this conversation is, we're big enough to hold these paradoxes. We're big enough to see the dichotomy. We're big enough to have perspective that is somewhat in the middle and gray and going back and forth. Like we are the same, like, you know, one of the things that I was writing the other day that really felt good in the moment, but I know sometimes doesn't hold up in the big picture is that, you know, 
as we, we talk about wearing masks, but just that we come in in this certain shell, mm-hmm. right? And this is what, you know, Sean was trying to say too. It's just a shell we wear. You yeah. know, like you said, when we're, there's a point when we don't even have any kind of gender, yeah. you know, and even that's being questioned, right? Because mm-hmm. some people come in with a certain gender right. and that's and not, not the gender they feel. Sure. That's not who they are. So all these things can be kind of thrown up for grabs. And we are, it is just a shell we wear. And when we start to compare each other, you are the exact same as that person you're trying to hate. Yeah. There is no different. But in our society right now, that's not the truth for everybody. There's an awakening that's occurring around this, but we have to speak to where people, and it's not about intelligence. Yeah. It's about consciousness. We have to speak to where people are so they can kind of awaken to, oh, so even though I hear the message of, we're all one, and I believe that in my heart, to go out in the world and be like, no, 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 I'm no different than you. We're all the same. That's not the reality right. of what we're dealing with in yeah. the world. Yeah. So we have to be able to speak to both sides. Right. It's just language. I know. And w- we continue to tweak the language that I that I use with, um, you know, whenever I'm talking to a group. So um, two last thoughts yes. regarding this. One is... Um, and this may be coming from judgment or ego, um, but just bear with me. To the guys out there that that have been offended by this Gillette commercial, my, my first invitation is that we're supposed to be these tough guys, yet the minute we get questioned at all, we react from a place of fear, and that fear translates to anger. So I guess I just invite the guys who got offended by this um, to, uh, so that's the one thing. The second thing is if you do get offended, I believe that, that you, whoever you are, have wounds from your upbringing and that have to be healed. And I have compassion for you. And I want to start a conversation with the men, not saying why you're wrong, but like, let's talk about why you think the way you think this. Well, and maybe to be more inclusive, Todd, because as soon as we say you have wounds, I want to talk to you about your wounds. We all have wounds. So it's not about you. Like, and I'm pointing outward, not to Todd, but to everybody else. Because as soon as you say something like you have wounds, defensiveness comes up. Because the, the comment that the, all the articles that I read about anger about the Gillette ad Men would say, don't tell me who to be. Now, the irony in that is that that's something that women and other cultures and other races and, you know, people of color, women of color have experienced their whole lives. Be different. Be like us. You know, shave your legs. Take all the hair off your body. You know, make sure that you don't have any gray. Smile. Smile. You know, laugh. Don't get offended. Don't. We're told to be different all the time. Now, I'm not saying that justifies what I'm trying to say is, again, going back to this is water. Don't you see how you've, you know, men and boys live in this space mm. of not recognizing other people's experiences yeah. and that this ad is not only an introspective dive of where do I fall in here? Do I speak up? Is this good for me? Can I see how not feeling my emotions is a detriment to me and everybody else? And also, can I now put myself in other people's shoes and say, oh, interesting. Yeah, empathy. (laughs) Empathy, like compassion, like, oh, you've experienced this. This is what people are being told to be different and or are being feared just for the color of their skin or the religion they are. Can I now say, oh, I'm telling you to be different 
and now I'm getting offended. So it's an opportunity. It's education. That's all. It's an opportunity for all of us to grow. Well, real quick, like to your point, you're like, don't tell me who to be. Right. My only, what I keep coming back to is what in that commercial is bad. All of it is showing how to stand up to help others. And, and certain guys are like, don't tell me who to be. Like, what in that ad do you not want to be? Do you be? not want to be? Yeah. I don't get it. Well, it's become it's become politically entangled. And yeah. this is where it gets difficult because it's the, the labels that get thrown on it so nobody has to do a deep dive is you're trying to be PC. Mm-hmm. It's liberal agenda. Yeah, yeah. It's, you know, so all of a sudden it becomes... When we throw labels on things, we don't have to look at them. When we throw a label on a human being, all of a sudden it desensitizes us to their humanity. All of a sudden we're like, oh, I don't even need to consider you. Yeah. Because I've I've labeled you, I've desensitized to you. Yeah. We do the same thing with this ad. As soon as we see it and we feel discomfort in our body, if we can say, Oh, liberal agenda, yeah, then we don't even have to look. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Um, so you've mentioned this is water a bunch of times and I love that video and I'm gonna try to post it in the show notes. If you're listening to this on the phone, you know, as long as you are not driving, watch this video because I keep trying to convince Kathy to let me play it at the conference. It's so powerful. Um, it's David Foster Wallace and he's giving a commencement speech and somebody put video to his speech and it's extremely powerful. So maybe someday you'll let me play this at the conference. It's not meeting. that I don't let you. It's not that it's just a long, it's, it's a big, long t- big chunk and, of time. And the video is not very clear. It, it's it's a little um, grainy. It's grainy. Oh, really? It's not great quality, yeah. and I and I also kind of feel like um, it, it's excellent. But usually, what we're trying to play at the conference is something very current, yeah. and, and I know you'll say this is relevant to all. Maybe who the heck knows? You know, we'll keep talking. Sweetie, what is the conference, and how would one go to the conference? The conference, you have to go. Everybody, why aren't you? Why aren't you registered yet? Yeah, register up, man. Especially my friends who live here in Elmhurst in Chicago. When I'm saying my friends, not just my people I know, but just all my people, anybody who lives in this area, this is such a great opportunity to listen to people talk about self-awareness, consciousness, mindfulness, supporting each other, love, goodness, um, parenting. Mm-hmm. You know, I it's such a great opportunity. Um, it's March 8th and 9th. Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, Devorah Heitner, Jamal Cole, uh, Dr. Alexandra Solomon, and Dr. John Duffy and Karen Brody are all going to be speaking, sharing their gifts, and inspiring all of you. Um, You just get to come and listen. We create a micro community for two days, and you're going to feel like you're part of something. You'll feel like you're part of something. You will feel inspired. You will leave. Like for those of you who are like, I want to do something big this year. I want to focus on something I want to give back, or I want to focus on my own self-awareness. This is a great way to kick off your year. Yeah. Um, I love this conference so much. You. It's going to be off the hook. Uh, so anyway, go to zenparentingradio.com uh, or zenparentingconference.com. Get your tickets. If you are a teacher or a social worker or somebody who is giving back to the world in you know in that way, in that way um, you get a discount. So email me at kathy at zenparentingradio.com and I'll give you a coupon code. We do have a silver sponsor I want to promote. Um, Christine Crockett-Smith is an author, and she wrote a book called 18 Master Values, Be the Parent You Wish You'd Had. It's a great title. Christine is going to uh, be at the conference. She's going to have a tabletop. She's going to be selling this amazing book. So I just want to thank Christine Crockett-Smith for doing what she does in the world and sharing her gifts at the conference. Yes, and that's the other thing is we have these uh, 
partners like like Christine and we have they're all going to be in our main ballroom and Todd has been kind of telling you every week about our awesome partners who are going to be sharing their gifts and then we also have these special partners that we asked yep. to join us um, Youth Outlook My Block My Hood My City um, Moms Demand uh, Action and then NAMI. NAMI. And we asked all four of them to come in because we believe so much in what they're doing that we wanted people to be able to either get to know more about what they're doing or to even play a role in what they're yeah. doing. So We gifted them a sponsorship so they can spread their amazing message. We sure did. Um, and then uh, Jeremy Kraft, he's a bald-headed beauty. He sponsored us since the very first podcast we've ever done. Uh, he has a painting and remodeling company called Avid. So if you're interested, go to avidco.net or you can call Jeremy and make sure you call him a bald-headed beauty. And that's from Todd. And his phone number is 630-956-1800. Um, and then we've talked a lot about masculinity and men's work. Um, my men's group is growing quite rapidly and I'm very, not mine, the one I co-created with my friend, Frank Nago. If you're interested, go to the tribemenscroup.com. Uh, whether or not you live in Chicago or in California, I just want to support other men doing this work. Uh, one last thought, if you are all listening to this in real time, meaning you're listening to this on the 21st, is that tomorrow? Uh, 22nd. 22nd. Is that right now on Oprah's Super Soul podcast, um, They she is replaying uh, A New Earth, the podcast she did, or it wasn't even a podcast then, it was like a webinar mm. she did with Eckhart Tolle like 10 years ago. Yep. And she's replaying it right now, and I've heard it a million times. Todd and I used to have it on disc, <laughs> you know, like. Yeah. But there's something about re-listening to that at mm. different phases, especially of different phases of our awareness, especially considering what we talked about today with masculinity and the ego and why we get so affected and triggered and how our emotional responses are healthy and positive, but how we put too much... It, it's not really who we are. Like we can let emotions come and go. And, and when we're being really triggered by something like this, like this, these masculine, um, this stereotype, yeah, stereotype or this new awareness around what does masculinity really mean? Yeah. It really is just an opportunity. And when I listen to Eckhart and Oprah talk about it, it feels so simple. Yeah. It doesn't always translate that way when you step out into the real world. But I really, for those of you who are like, you know, either you don't know Eckhart Tolle, who wrote A New Earth and The Power of Now, or you do know his work really well, and you're like, yeah, I've read it. Go back and listen to these podcasts. Yeah. Because it's, it's, it holds up. Yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Universal principles. And I'm kind of going through similar information with Michael Singer, so... A lot of the same. Doesn't it feel stuff. so simple when you're listening to it in your car? You're yeah. like, yes. Well, it's that's just what's ego. great. To your point, uh, what's what I one of the many things I got out of the Michael Singer course, and if you're interested, shoot me an email. Um, you don't have to do anything. Every day, something is going to come up to allow you the chance to look inward and see why is this impacting me exactly. the way I am. Like, so it's not like you have to go do anything. You just you have a different level of awareness when you do get triggered or when you get offended. Like. It happens every single day. So that's how, that's what I did with this course is like, I don't have to go do it. There's nothing different other than I'm going to be curious about when I get mad at my kids for talking back to me or when I get mad at my customer for yelling at me. Like these, they're, they're all opportunities. And the final thing I'll say about that is that it's very normal to have a reactive... Oh, what was that? I don't know. It's a Some, nice little sound. Yeah. Um, it's very normal to have a reactive feeling 
when we are triggered by someone, something, something, the environment, an article, APA guidelines, that feeling is fine. Yeah. That's called being human. What what comes next is why am I having this feeling? Am I going to be outwardly reactive and yell at someone and and you know write a horrible blog post or say horrible things to people? One thing we didn't even discuss that I'm not even going to go into right now because we're closing shop is what happened at this weekend in regards to the teenagers yeah. wearing the the you know Make America Great Again hats and um, it, the indigenous people mm -hmm. who were playing the drum and also another group that yep. was there um, who were supposedly kind of part of this experience too. There were three different groups who were all kind of antagonizing each other. Yep. We don't know how it started, where it went, but in that experience- There's a lot of ego. A lot of ego. A lot of different groups. And so, and I'm still reading about it because I'm not looking for someone to blame. I think it's a very interesting sociological experience. Sure. Like what's going on and what does, what do these groups represent? What do they believe? And how that can, you know, manifest in that experience. Yeah. And we all got to kind of see it and make initial you know, right. had initial thoughts about it. And then now we're getting more information. information. Um, and it doesn't mean that there's necessarily a different right and wrong. It's just, wow, we're really... Um, Triggered. We're re and we're really stuck in our identities. Yes, we are. You know, we're kind of like, you're either good, bad, you're either with me or against me. Yeah. And so anyway, I think this is, it's an ongoing discussion. We never get to the end of it. We just keep recognizing. Life is a highway. I want to ride it all night long. Exactly. When I think about evolution, that's the song I think of. <laughs> I think of The Office. Remember when Michael and his girlfriend and Daryl were all driving somebody? And that's the song. That's the song that came Anyways, on. it doesn't matter. Um, we didn't even talk about Team Zen. Um, yeah, but if you're interested in Team Zen, just go to our website. So that's it. That's all I got. We got to go. You got to go eat lunch. Yeah, I'm hungry. All right. Uh, have a good day. Uh, see you guys next week. Bye. Thanks for listening, everyone. Remember to subscribe to Zen Parenting Radio so you never miss an episode and feel free to leave a review on iTunes. It helps people find us. Do you want more Zen Parenting? Check out Team Zen. It's 25 bucks a month where you'll get two live Zen Talks with an opportunity to ask us live questions. If you can't join us live, don't worry. You can still access all Zen Talks through the Team Zen Podcast app. You'll have access to all previous Zen Talks, connect with like-minded people through our private Facebook page, and get discounts on everything that we offer. Get your tickets for our annual Zen Parenting Conference on March 8th and 9th, 2019. Sweet. Get your brave on with Glennon Doyle, Abby Wambeck, Julie Lithcott-Hames, and Devorah Heitner, and enjoy a weekend in a warm and friendly environment of like-minded people. Tickets are available at zenparentingradio.com. Sweetie, it's going to be off the hook. I know. Um, interested in inviting us to speak at your conference or organization? Go to zenparentingradio.com and submit a speaker request. While you're there, check out our upcoming events, or you can purchase one of my three books. They're not your three books. Well, your three books. Thank you. If you ever shop via Amazon, you can help us out by first going through the Amazon link under the Support Us on our homepage. It doesn't cost you anything, but we get a small commission from Amazon. Um, guys, want to achieve a better work-life balance or deepen your relationship with loved ones? Good news. I coach guys. We can talk in person, by phone, FaceTime. You choose. If you're in Chicago, contact me about the tribe. It's an opportunity for guys to come together and talk about what really matters. And don't forget about our 2019 Unplug, Connect, and Transform Retreat. More, more on that later. 
Special thanks to our founding partner, Jeremy Kraft from Avid Painting and Remodeling. Thanks for your love and support, Jeremy. Sweetie, he's a bald head of beauty. I know this. All right, everybody, keep trucking. See you next week. Adios.